Hello, you're listening to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. If some of our discussions and tips are working for you, why don't you grab a 15-minute call with us at ecommercecall.com. We'll see whether we can help scale your e-commerce business. We will quickly see if we're a fit or whether we can recommend someone else to get you where you need to go. The worst case is you'll have a fun 15-minute chat and regardless, you'll come away understanding a lot more about your business. Book a call at ecommercecall.com. Hello and welcome to the Hammersley Brothers e-commerce podcast. This week, Ian and I are talking about Google Ads for e-commerce sites and how it's changing over time. We're looking at the most important parts of it and digging into the details. We've also got some a free video, which is available in the show notes, which you can download, where I try and show you how I scale my own accounts to $20,000 a day. So if you're interested in that, click it in the show notes and we'll send you a copy. So let's get started. Morning, Ian. How are you? Good morning. Yeah, good. Battling away yeah. with the cold Battling face away of e-commerce. Yeah, it's busy. Um, yeah, it is busy. It is busy, and um, I think uh, it. Yeah, you know, like a, a lot of accounts are actually doing really, really well, especially where they've got a good offer. Like they're mm. actually really, yeah, we're doing 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 really well surprisingly considering you know what you hear in the news and all that kind of stuff and i think i think what happens is i was saying this to someone on social media about about social media of the day like i've got a, you know we've got a big group on on um uh facebook i don't know about fourteen thousand people in it um and if someone comes on uh and says oh my my sales are really bad today um then they get a thread where everybody else piles in and go, oh, yeah, mine really bad, blah, blah, blah. And it kind of looks like like, like that. And then if, if you get someone saying, oh, my sales have really come back, Facebook advertising is doing really, really well, you'll get people piling in saying, yeah, mine is, mm. mine's really good. And it, 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 so it really dep- depends on what that first post is and what people pile in. Because if, if, if someone posts and says, my sales are really crap and your sales are really good, you're not going to rock up on the post and go, hey, hey. My sales are really good. Yours is shit. You know, it's like, you don't you know do it. So you, it's I the same with LinkedIn. I think, a, I think a lot of people say, um, oh, I had a really good Jubilee weekend, you know, or I had a really yeah. good bank holiday weekend. How was it for everyone else? It was, it was absolutely brilliant. You yeah. know, and that's what you find. But if you've had a bad Jubilee weekend, you're not going to rock up and go, well, I'm rubbish. <laughs> you know, it's just not. It's So you get very polarized view in mm. social media based on, on what you kind of it's almost like what you want to see as well like what you want to see you go and find it and you then you talk, go and find these posts you're just talking about life now Mark true you're talking true. about e-commerce seeking you shall yeah. find you seek what you what world what you believe. do you want to believe yeah. and that's what you then see well interestingly it kind of I did send an email out this week about um, some Google Ads training well not training uh, I did and what I was using I said that the four-minute mile was, you know, everybody believed the four-minute mile couldn't be done, couldn't be run, that the human body would collapse, and, you know, it just wasn't physically possible. And then Roger Bannister did the four-minute mile, and then, you know, I think maybe like three three or four months after that, it was it was repeated. And it was like once, the, once everybody realized the four-minute mile could be done, then everybody started to lift their game and, and, and try and, and try and achieve it. And I think that recently I read in the paper that someone 
at, uh, at high school had actually hit the four-minute mile. So, you know, it's, it's about the belief. And what I recorded um, of training video on, which is available in the show notes, was um, basically a path that we've gone through with a couple of accounts, well, quite a few accounts we've we now got to spend of over, you know, £10,000 a day, $20,000 a day-ish. And uh, I recorded that just to show people that it's possible, that it is there, and that's what you can get to, and and um, and the the kind of tools we use as we start spending a lot of a lot of money, um, and how we manage it, and and how we got there, and what we were thinking, because I think that if people see that, then they'll go, gosh, you know, you can go out there and spend spend that much, and and that, you know, I I don't even think we're spending, you know, that much. I've got I've got some friends who do some ridiculous spends. In, in Google and and Facebook, I mean, one of my friends spends. I'm pretty sure he spends a million a month on on Google Ads, um, mostly on YouTube, in America. Um, and you know, well, these it, are these it's, are it's, but it's, serious it, spends. Thing is, it doesn't matter as long as you're getting the ROAS. You know, yeah. If I, you know, yeah. if you're able to to scale it, you know, it, it's irrelevant, isn't it? The yeah, issue, and it's the just belief becomes, that those. Well, the issue, mm. you know, overall, the issue becomes. Like we've said to loads of e-commerce businesses, we said, well, if you want to get to 10 million, you, you can pretty much get most e-commerce businesses to 10 million. But mm. you know, how much is it going to cost you to get to 10 million? It might cost you 20 million to get to 10. Like, so the issue is not necessarily getting the traffic. The issue is, is being able to recruit new customers profitably. And yeah, I think, I think there's the overall – these are the things I think are quite interesting about a Google ads e-commerce-driven business – or a Facebook socially driven mm. e-commerce driven business, and and I don't know who we were who who this was for, but we were doing a report for for an e-commerce business, and they were heavily driven by one was heavily driven by um, Google Ads, and, yeah. and in fact, it was two brands that were owned by the same company. It was two shoe companies, and one of them was was heavily focused on on Facebook and TikTok and Instagram advertising. And their website was really naff, but the conversion rate was was okay. And it was because the Facebook-driven brand of their shoe was the order was pretty much getting getting the decision to buy was happening before they got to the website a lot more through the Instagram and the influencer program and the TikTok and the positioning of the brand, etc. So when they got to the website. Website was really an order taker, whereas the other's brand mm. was very much driven by Google Shopping, and there was little, not that much social activity going on. And when that happens, if you have a business that's driven by Google Shopping, the website becomes it has to become an order maker. So, from a Google Shopping business, website is an order maker, whereas from a social driven business, the website is an order taker. And now that is not like you know, one size fits all. But in general, you know, a Google a Google ads driven business, Google is there has to be more work done to convert them. Because more mm. of the discovery has to happen and the convincibility and the desirability has to happen on the website itself through a Google ads business. Whereas on a social business they've got all of that stuff happening way before they've even got to the website. That's so that's interesting. I think that's an interesting philosophy. Mm. But it does, it's not to say that you can get away with having a really poor experience if your business is coming 
from social, you can still get loads more out of it, always, in both camps. Mm. But it just kind of shows you sort of what... And I think the other thing that's interesting about Google, because they're talking about Google Ads here generally, but it is, the, is, when, is when we have said to businesses to stop obsessing over attribution modeling, which we did like 20 years ago or 10 years ago, probably more relevant. But we, we were obsessed. We were talking about attribution, trying to make it, you know, first click, last click, last click. And if they had, you know, it went through email and then and then Google ads and organic and then direct and back from email, then PPC. Like, and you're trying to work out this complicated attribute. Where do you attribute the sale? And what's happened probably in the last maybe five years when we've seen businesses really scale we've looked at we've looked at ROAS as like a blended ROAS we've said okay look you know how much are we spending on recruitment and as an overall ad budget this month and what's the value of new customers we've recruited this month and like as an overall ROAS you know Mark you're typing mm. what are you doing you do, when you type it means it makes me feel like you don't you're not interested in what I'm saying. I'm just I was just wondering why your audio wasn't uploading, but it's up, just up started to upload now. So oh, I was just worried about I that. See, yeah, so it's all good. No, I thought you just drifted off. No, it was as just, many um, people probably did. I don't know. It was just sitting there for on zero, and now it's gone up to oh, right, up to ninety nine. So it's oh, all good. Right. It's fine. It's fine. Don't worry. Yeah. You went, you know. Yeah. Don't worry. You you were off on a tangent anyway. Well, there was a little bit, but no, I just yeah. think it's kind of, you know, yeah. you can, you, I, can, I, you, you know, you, yeah. there's a danger that we're going to get really into the weeds too soon around it. But like mm. as, a, as an overall perspective, you know, if you're, if you're a Google ads driven business, your website's really got to be an order maker because there's a lot more discovery that's going to have to happen on the, on your website. If it's a Facebook yeah. social driven business, you can kind of get away with it you know, missing more of the stuff yeah. and still have probably quite a successful business. And that's, you know. I think that's what, some people who got hit by the iOS 14, they went, so oh, let's try and try Google yeah. and they kind of moved to Google and they went, oh, Google doesn't work as well. And it's like, well, yeah, but you're, you've built a Facebook driven business and now, yeah. and now you're that's trying to really have a Facebook good Yeah, it's different. Point. That's a really good point. Mm. Yeah, it's very, it's very different. The business that you are building around Google advertising has to be different to a business that you you built around Facebook. That said, so if you build a if you build a, a if you build a fa- um, a business around Google Shopping and you get the product page right, that doesn't hurt Facebook. You know, you can yeah. kind of run the makes both it better. at that point. Yeah, it makes, it, makes it, better. it better. I think actually, yeah. I think it's just some. I mean, you know, prior to iOS fourteen, you know, dare I say it, that a lot of businesses literally got away with murder. Because mm. they had a really poorly optimized e-commerce experience, uh, yet they they were still recruiting customers profitably because Facebook was doing an amazing job of finding their right target. And now you've got to work much much harder. Yeah, I, I think I think like TikTok is a little bit like Facebook. I, I think if you've got like a one one click payment option on a product, on a product page, it doesn't really matter what the rest of the site looks like because that's pretty much what what people are buying. So it, it depends on, you know, your, your channels that you've got will, will, will affect how your website looks and how it's going to be used. Um, but this, today yeah. we wanted to talk about 
uh, Google Ads and, and what was happening yeah. in Google Ads and for e-commerce and, and go into it. So um, I've mentioned the, the show notes. There's the um, there's a scaling to twenty thousand uh, spend a day. So, so if you if you want to check that out, check that out, um, and we'll send that over to you. Um, Performance Max. So Performance Max is the new uh, Google Ads uh, campaign type, which is going to replace ultimately going to replace uh, Google Shopping. And Performance Max is kind of like Google Shopping with a lot more assets around it. And Google's idea is that it wants to um, monetize a lot more of the assets it's got. So uh, Google's got a big uh, uh, advertising network on lots of different sites. It's got uh, Gmail, it's got YouTube, um, and it's got all these inventories apart from the Google, uh, Google, you know, the Google uh, website. And um, so that's happened on one side of things. So it's, it, it wants people to get into that. And then on the other side of it, it's getting a lot better at uh, collecting data and understanding data and being audience driven. So, you know, like Facebook was, you know, prior to, well, still, still is pretty good at understanding which audiences buy uh, people and you can kind of advertise on Facebook, very audience led. Now, Google wants to move to that more, more towards that. And what they've been doing um, recently, and, and many of us have moved to what's called enhanced conversion tracking. And enhanced conversion tracking means that Google not only gets the order, but they also get the address and the email address of the person when they buy. So it's going to understand a lot more about the audience. And we're already seeing audience-based campaigns starting to do a lot better. So that's kind of where it's going at. It kind of wants to start being a bit more like Facebook and slightly less uh, reliant on um, you know, uh, intent-driven search, you know, like I want mm. a new iPhone, give me an advert for an iPhone. But if it knows that that person is, you know, definitely in the market for an iPhone and has, bought, has, has not yet bought one, then obviously sell, selling them ads on their other properties uh, to, uh, about the iPhone is, is going to be a lot more lucrative. So that's what we're kind of seeing with Performance Max. Mm. However, Google has kind of went a little bit too fast and too early with it. We should have had... Um, a migration tool by now and been probably it was even thinking about moving us all over by now uh, that hasn't happened um, according to the google reps that we've been uh, talking to or hear other people talking to um, what's been happening is that a when people move to performance max they're spending less which google doesn't like because people doesn't want people to spend less particularly at the moment um, you know, when their, their, their share price is under pressure. Uh, and also that people have seen uh, lower performance on Performance Max. So they haven't forced people across from smart mm. to Performance Max. Um, and it's coming, and we are experimenting with uh, Performance Max. The trouble is if you run the same products in Performance Max and smart shopping, Performance Max will cannibalize those products, even if it's got a lower budget. And so if you've got like a $10 a day budget on Performance Max, but $2,000 a day on smart shopping with the same products in it, your account will only spend $10, uh, $20 a day, whatever I said the first one was. Mm. So um, I've been cheating a little bit by um, cloning products and testing them in Performance Max. So changing the uh, item ID to be like dash B and and, and test them in Performance Max to see what happens in it and whether it's 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 performing better for me. And, and this is only on our own e-commerce brands, and I haven't been doing this for yeah. for anybody else yeah. yet. Um, and I, I think it's not particularly 
kosher like you're not necessarily supposed to do it but it's uh it's been it's allowed me to try a performance max and iron out so things before because obviously you have to run it for a little bit yeah a month about a month it. now yeah and it it, yeah. it it started out it started out actually i mean it, it seems to be like a a case-by-case basis some people do better on it some people are doing worse yeah. most people don't seem to be doing quite as well um obviously it's not got any history so you're starting from from scratch um but for you know the demo store that we talk about embedding um it actually did better at first quite a bit better but as we scaled the budget it started to do worse so jury's out really on um on on you know on whether it's going to be better overall obviously there's different asset classes in that and there's kind of like you know people who've searched for certain things and all that kind of stuff and maybe it's got to learn um but it's not something i'm certainly not seeing from my experiments like oh going full bore into performance Mm. max before i have to because at the moment my performance would suffer um so that's kind of what i'm seeing um yeah yeah, i what i wanted to talk about you've got any questions about performance max here before move on to the other stuff um no i mean you know probably the name that they chose performance max may may you know they've obviously tried to choose a name that, that's something that's what can we call it that make people think it's really good yes yeah. yeah. two good words performance and max yeah it's like top trump you know it's like rah. anyway yeah jewelry salad that, that, that's exactly what i hear the word on the street is mixed opinions some some say it's okay most say it's not doing quite as well as a smart shopping yeah yeah but it's, but it's anyway, what, what's coming as around it, yeah as it rolls as as the audience coming, rolls yeah. out as the data comes out that'll get better you'll need some more assets in there so you might need some video and you might need some image-based stuff you know if you're already running some facebook ads that's you can pretty much move that over there um, and it should be fine. It's just kind of tweaking with it to understand what's um, what's going to uh, going to work really, really well. And as soon as we know, we'll we'll, we'll let the podcast listeners know what's working, and um, we can all crack on with it. But at the moment, business is normal. Um, you know, e-commerce. You you, you, you often start with uh, Google Shopping, so you're maxing out Google Shopping. Then you'd move to search, and then you'd move to you know max out search. And then you'd move to um, display and then you'd go to video and kind of in that order, maybe then some mm. of the more top of funnel stuff. And uh, and you really only, yeah, I mean, to be honest, the accounts that get into the YouTube, the display campaigns, the discovery campaigns and stuff, they're already doing a decent, decent spend a day. I mean, I haven't got anybody spending under two, three grand a day who are actually even using that? They're kind of still maxing out the the other stuff, you know. Um, and so, yeah. if you're only spending, I think that's quite. Mm. I think that's a, a good point, actually, isn't it? Is, is where do you start with the Google advertising platform? Yeah, and, you and know, you, in what order? And you do see. I mean, I do kind of review people's accounts, and you know, I'll be like, "Oh, you're spending on display," and I think the one you're actually seeing tomorrow, Ian, um, mm. spending a lot on display, and, and I'd argue that that's a waste of time at the moment, given the amount of spend that they, they, they're they doing. And they, you know, they, 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 they're probably being told, Oh, you should do it because it's top of funnel stuff. And it's like, well, you don't need that top of funnel because there's actually bottom of funnel. You can convert yeah. that's ready to buy. Yeah. Um, because they're, they're, they're already convinced yeah. that they want the product. So you make sense to get in the way of the traffic that's already well, there. It, it, think of the market square test, you know, there's people buzzing around the store looking at your, 
you know, let's say they're looking at your fish store in, in the market, you, would you serve those customers first or would you go outside the market and try and get new people yeah. to come into the market? It's a, it's a, it's a yeah. great analogy, but another wonderful Mark Hammersley analogy that yeah. makes sense. You, you'd maximize the people standing around the you store would. first who were looking yeah. for fish. Yeah. Um, and, that's, and that's basically Google Shopping. Yeah. And then it's the text ads, isn't it? Well, the text ads, yeah, text. yeah, um, and actually, search ads. Are, we're actually finding search ads working really, really well. We've actually, um, since this month, actually, we've been scaling search ads a lot, lot more, and we've been getting some really good recruitment on them from mm. some of the the, um, the big accounts. I think what's interesting is, as I said before, the audiences are getting a lot better, and some of the keywords that I would have uh, negative out before have actually been converting. And it doesn't really make sense because you think, well, they're actually looking for a different competitor and why they're converting on here. But what I think is happening is that Google knows that that person is about to buy. They know they haven't bought yet because they've got everybody's got starting to get enhanced conversion rate on. So it can be super targeted by the people who are just about to buy at the right at the end. And therefore, some of the keywords that I didn't necessarily think were good are actually converting. So you've got to be a bit more careful with your negatives you can't kind of come out with, you know, I've been doing this particular account. I think I've been running it for 15 years now. And, you know, I, I've got to change maybe what I um, what I would negative out because of the audience changes. And the other thing that's interesting is that um, that's allowing, you know, Broadmatch to work better. We've actually been running some experiments with Broadmatch. And it's actually been doing a lot better than the phrase match and the, the exact match sometimes just because it's giving Google the room to move. Um, so things are changing in, in, in Google and in search. And uh, there's definitely some improvements going around the audiences. And then that has knock-on effects. I mean, if you think about Performance Max, they need the audiences to work to get Performance Max to work. And that is having knock-on effects, not only on shopping, but also yeah. on search. So it's going to change what you can go and do and I think that it's it's looking quite promising, actually, to be honest, um, across across those. So uh, it's just yeah, you've just got to think about it. You can. So you say Performance Max is ultimately going to be replacing Google Shopping. Yeah. Uh, smart Shopping, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't include the, the search ads, does it? No, it doesn't include the search ads, but within Performance Max, it will be doing some search ads, for you, um, yeah. I mean, actually, even Smart Shopping does do some some search ads for you because it doesn't tell you it's doing it. But we had one client who was they moved from standard shopping to Smart Shopping, and the results went up a lot. And we were like, "Why is that?" But actually, overall, sales stayed exactly the same. And you could see that their brand search ads. Uh, the revenue had gone down and the clicks had gone down. So the only difference was that smart shopping was actually bidding on brand on search. Uh, not not for Google okay. Shopping, but actually for brand. So it, there, there will be some reach of performance max into uh, into those. Yeah. But I don't think, I mean, it's not gonna, Google's not going to get rid of its search products anytime soon. It's also not going to get rid of its standard shopping uh, service anytime soon because so many people still use it. Um and so it's not gonna it's not gonna kind of like kill the golden goose. It's just trying mm. to get effectively. It wants to try and make it easier for people to get started and get results on all of its assets. 
and it wants to increase its market share. It's just, it's, yeah. um, well, not, sorry, not market share. It wants to increase its revenue per from the market share it's going because, mm. you know, it's pretty much got the market share. It, it is, it is, the, it's, it is a monopoly, isn't it, really? So it's just looking to monetize that further. And it, it's, you know, Google, sorry, YouTube is the second biggest search engine in the world. So there's huge amounts of revenue there. Um, and if you look at the, the ads so on just YouTube, talk about, just, yeah. just talk about, you, you, we were talking earlier about the remarketing on YouTube, which works with the right video. Yeah. And how video is going to become a bigger element of e-commerce in the next couple of years due to the improved audience targeting. Just talk about that. Well, How about YouTube. YouTube, if you look at YouTube, if you look at the ads on YouTube, um, they're still quite, they're okay, but they're quite basic. They're either like TV ads, like brand awareness ads, like buy this Mars bar kind of ads, or they are um, some guy trying to do lead generation for you or that kind of stuff. And it's not the advanced adverts that you would see necessarily like on Facebook when you're being targeted by really things that you're really interested in that's really targeted to you. Like I will see very different ads compared to my wife. Um, whereas if she went on YouTube, she probably wouldn't see that different. It's not that much targeted, but it will be as, as it starts to learn more about people. And so the adverts that work at the moment for remarketing are similar to the Facebook ones that are working at the moment where it's videos of um, something that kind of shows the product in a, in a nice setting. It's not necessarily like someone to the camera. Let me give you an example. Like there's someone who sells homeware and she put on an advert, which was her, uh, she didn't even see the, the face of the person. It was like her feeling cushions, plumping the cushions and putting them on a nice sofa. And that advert worked really well because it, 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 it kind of gave texture and uh, dynamics to what is otherwise just a picture of cushions. And it could see how the cushions moved and they see how they looked and see how they sat on the sofa and, and it was in a nice room and it was an aesthetic, but they weren't interested in who was holding them. It was more about them being able to kind of like, oh, those cushions that I, I liked on, you know, and almost went and bought. Now I'm seeing them on the video. Yes, they look fantastic. It's exactly what I'm looking for. Now I'll go and buy them. So those kind of adverts that are very product based and, and even even like um, so like the bedding, the bedding site. So, you know, like a bed you know, very quickly made up with all the different combinations. You know, you say, which combination do you use? And you kind of see the bedding kind of float, float onto the bed and kind of then the colors change and, and it's done like that. But it's very product-based, but, and it's very, people want to see how things feel and move and that kind of stuff. What's not really working is kind of like a video where you go, hi, my name's Mark. This is bedding. This is fantastic bedding. This is what we do. And it's like, that's not really the e-commerce kind of model. It's more like, okay, the video's got to augment what I already know about the things from the product. And it's like, mm. you know, maybe, maybe you know, you can see like there's a rug seller in, in Australia. Like they say, so-and-so, they really know about rugs. And then it just goes into the product and that's it. It's not that person at the beginning kind of pitching about the rugs and all that kind of stuff. Well, it's interesting, isn't it, how we were looking at Gymshark the other day mm. and looking at their ads on very simple on Facebook very simple. and on YouTube and they're really, really simple. Yeah. You, know, you can think, oh God, you're going to be investing in lots of amazing creative. Yeah. You know, it wasn't. It was just very straightforward. It's very straightforward. It's very visual on the on the products. And there's just more dynamic dynamics to thing. You know, they can see maybe the person will jump up and down and they can see how flexible the 
the pants are and all that kind mm. of stuff and they can see that they can stretch and well, there's a little it. bit of job to be done isn't there? Yeah. a little bit of you know mining of the reviews which we would call to find out what people love yeah which is a job to be done yeah you know, i love it when my my leggings are you know amazingly stretched and i can do squats you know perfectly yeah. really comfortable yeah you know, yeah so you, you'd want to demonstrate that in the video yeah yeah, so that's yeah, kind of what, what we're going to see. We're going to see more across that on YouTube. We're going to see more across that in e-commerce. Um, and so what what I was going to say was Google. So basically, you've got to be careful with Google Shopping. So the structure that's working with Google Shopping for us is we're either running everything in one smart shopping campaign if we haven't got that many conversions um, and, and low products. So if we've only got like 80 products, most of the time we're running that in one Google shopping campaign and we're maxing that out until we're, we're spending, it's hitting the ROAS and we're spending the right amount. And then we're, to get the results, we're mostly optimizing the product pages, the landing pages, the payment options, the speed of the site, and um, also the product feed. And, but if you've got a lot more products and we've kind of got a bit more advanced, we're then spreading things by ROAS. So um, we're looking at the products from either 30 days or 15 days, depending on the sales cycle. So if it's a fast sales cycle, then we might have a slightly slower, um, more narrower um, look back window. But if it's like um, handbags, we'll have a really broad look back window because it takes a long time for those sales to come in. Um, and then we'll be moving the products up and down into um, ROAS uh, campaigns. So that you might have like a high ROAS campaigns and these are the products that have been doing consistently maybe three conversions more than a ROAS. Let's say your target's like five, more than a ROAS of eight. They might go into the top campaign. Then you might have a medium ROAS campaign, maybe doing between four and, and eight. And then you have a lower ROAS campaign, which is doing um, between mm. four and uh, and zero and done three, three conversions. And then you'd have a learning campaign where you don't know yet. You haven't had enough conversions to uh, to do it. And that, that structure is working really, really well. Um, but I don't go to that full structure until I've got a lot of products and I'm also spending a lot of money. Um, so it might start out with two tiers or, or whatever. And that, yeah. that's giving me, particularly in, when the market's a little bit more um, jumpy about, you know, have good days and bad days, it allows me to kind of really optimize the budget across those different campaigns. The other thing you've got to be careful with, with all this smart, bidding and all that kind of stuff is that you let's say you've got a product uh, or a set of products that's coming to the market and let's say you know with a bedding site you suddenly come out with a range of um dressing gowns for example and you stick them into the normal campaign now google's got no data on those and so therefore it's not going to push them because it's like well i'm i'm I from the budget i've yeah. got i'm going to go and push the sheets it's and like, I'm why push, would i yeah why would I why do Why would it? I push something new that's not, that's untested? And I, you know, I know that I can go and get five times ROAS all day long on these these six products. I'm going to go for those. Yeah, and that's not good, especially yeah. if you're having a week sale on your dressing gowns, because by the weeks that gone, it's not going to spend any money on it, and it could have you could have made lots of sales. So you've got to pull those out into their own campaign and give them some own budget to give them some data. Um, and actually, a lot of the time we are running what's called, we call zombie campaigns. So these are the products that haven't had any clicks for the past 30 days, um, just to give them some data to see if there's some best sellers in there. Now, interestingly, you know, we were on that call last night 
I was looking at, um, they've got, I don't know, 117,000 products, a lot of products. Yeah. Out of those 117,000 products, 87,000 of them have had no clicks in the last 30 days. So there's a huge mm. amount of inventory there that there's not getting any data. And so you, 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 you've got to think, well, why is that? Is that because Google's doing the right thing? It's chosen the right products? Or has it just overlooked these? And do we want to be giving some more budget to some of these other products to be getting in, especially if we know that that week, mm. you know, they might be having a sale on that category and that category might not have had any data on it. Yeah. Um, so it, it's, it's kind of not thinking that the algorithm is going to do everything for you like a magic wand. It's kind of still understanding that, yes, those products are coming into stock next week. I know we're going to have them on, on, on sale and I think we can do really well on them because they're high margin and people want them but we don't traditionally get many clicks in Google Shopping. So let's bring them out into a new campaign, give them some budget, give them some data. And if you start selling, we can, you know, they'll then get put back into the main campaign. Yeah. You, you've, talk, you've talked a lot about creating like a hot campaign. Mm. So if you really want to boost something, yeah, you know, you've got that. You've got that hot campaign that's already ready to go. That's got a, you know, it's got a really good product. Then you, then you can really give something a big turbo. Yeah. If you're launching a new product. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, if you go to a supermarket and you've got a new product on the shelves. It's gone to the end, yeah. Well, like you would have, you know, they have a, 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 usually a young man or a young woman doing a tasting uh, table, don't they? They kind of say, would you like to taste the new dumplings from so-and-so? Is this another analogy yes. that's coming, Mark? Or is it a metaphor? It's a, it's a meta. I don't know. It's an analogy. But if you go into a supermarket and they've got these new dumplings and they're launching these new dumplings, they don't just put them in the freezer and expect them to sell. They actually do a sampling. They're going to bring them out. They do a little bit of something to kind of make make sure they push them to see whether they would sell and get some new customers. Mm. So it's a bit it's a bit like that. You can't just throw them in the freezer. Yeah, otherwise, you, yeah. Well, the equivalent is the new product you launch will be on the bottom shelf. Mm. You know, hidden. And you know because it because of course it isn't sold. So you've got to give it a bit of a turbo. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And the other, I mean, the other time where having having products split into different ROAS groups is where you've got variable margin. Mm. You know, so you, you know some businesses you just have the, the the margin is completely variable. You know, we were chatting to a business that was selling um, you know tools and drills and you know power power tools in you know, like screw fix. Mm. You know, and the margin like varied from five percent to eighty percent, and it's like, and they, and and all of their fifteen thousand, twenty thousand products was in the same smart shopping campaign with the same ROAS. Yeah, and it's like, hang on a minute, you know, you've got a ROAS of I think it was like eight, and they got a, they got a product in there that was a five percent margin and a, and a, and, a, and an eight to five percent margin with the same ROAS for everything. Mm. It's difficult, isn't it's, it? It's difficult because you want yeah. to run the business in one way. Google wants to run it in a different way. And you've got to come to kind of some agreement between the two about what's what's best. Um, mm. And having said that, you know, to the products in that example that were the 5% margin tended, tended to be the products that were like the everybody products that all the builders bought. Mm. And, and they were really good recruitment products. Yeah. You know, and 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 the lasting customer value was really high. Mm. So you know that that might well have been the justification why they left. You've it. got to have you've got to have all the data together to make sure you're doing it. Yeah. You're doing it right, and you can see it. I mean, the data's there. The data's there to do it. Um, yeah. So I'm just looking through our notes to see. Oh, the, the tracking. So tracking on Google Google Ads. 
Um, make sure you're not using Google Analytics-driven tracking in Google Ads because it's going to be way, way under-reporting. It's going to get increasingly worse over the year, and you'll get increasingly worse results in Google Ads. Same thing with enhanced. So if you're using website tracking on Google Ads, make sure you're upgrading to enhanced because at the moment you're probably missing around 10% of the sales. By the end of the year, Google said you might be missing about 60% of the sales. So it's huge. Um, so it, it, it's they're really encouraging you to get that audience up. They're moving much more towards audience-based converting stuff as well. They really want to roll that out. So you know, flow, go with the flow of the river. Uh, get that set up. Um, yeah. It, it, it sounds complicated, but it's not really. And you can you can book a you can book a, a phone call with the Google's team who's who's rolling them out. The sooner you book the call, the better, to be honest, because um, as it, as we approach the deadline, which is kind of like the end of the year, um, it's going to get really really busy because everybody's going to go, oh, what what have I done? I've got to do that, and you can do it now. So mate, do it now. Yeah, get it done. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Well. That's that's kind of my review of Google Shopping and, and Google Ads. And there's also the video as well, which I go yeah. into a bit of detail of some of the tools we're using um, and how we're looking at it and how we're scaling some of these uh, big Google accounts. So if you're interested in in uh, having a peek over my shoulder, then uh, download that in the show notes and um, hope you enjoy it. Awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. Cheers.